welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert, Dr. Tom Vergus, as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business. Hi, I'm Tom Vergas. Welcome to the podcast. And again, I have Dr. Jürgen Strauss joining me. Welcome, Jürgen. Hi, Tom. Great to be back again. And today we're going to talk some more about CQ aspects in and CQ Drive. Or oh, we've had CQ Drive. We've had CQ Knowledge. We're going to move on today to CQ Strategy. That's correct. Yeah. CQ Strategy. You know, what do we in fact do? What we, we know we've got the motivation, we are interested, we've got the knowledge, but then what do we actually do? How do we, you know, how do we use the, uh, the knowledge? So it actually informs us. And so strategy is really around being aware of what's going on. And then how do you check? You know, so how do you plan? Hmm. Have a plan for the interaction, and how do you uh, check for it? So that's what is the definition of CQ strategy. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the outcome that you might start with in terms of that strategy? Is it the outcome that you've actually served? Say you have a task to travel to another country and assemble a team and carry out a project. Is that the outcome that you start with? Well, so, yeah, so, you know, whatever the outcome is or whatever the project is, there are three, there are three aspects of CQ strategy, and it's really around planning, uh, being aware, awareness, and and checking. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're putting together a project team of multiple of people from multiple countries. So planning would definitely be that. Like, okay, so how do I plan for that? If I'm going to bring people together from different countries, what do I need to be conscious of? Mm-hmm. How do I, in fact, educate them on? You know, how do I give them the knowledge yeah. on some of the things that they need to be uh, conscious of? And so the planning then, when you execute, it's okay. Then suddenly being aware. So being mindful of what's happening and how do you put all that together, and then of course checking to make sure that you are being aligned. Yeah. So the checking is getting the feedback from what's happening from the people and and being adaptable and correct, being adaptable, not not just checking your own assumptions, but of course assumptions that you know the others maybe are making of you. So again. Think, if you think about going to any intercultural or cross-cultural interaction, it's useful to have a strategy. And um, you know that's something that most people do not have. People spend a lot of time picking up knowledge, hmm. but they don't have a strategy. Strategy is really important. In fact, in my doctoral thesis, where I interviewed uh, 31 global leaders on the link between cultural intelligence and effective global leadership, the two things that all the effective global leaders had in the CQ uh, aspect was they were all high with CQ drive, all mm-hmm. of them, and they were all high on CQ strategy. Okay. All of them. Those two components were consistent with all the, all the global leaders. Knowledge was mixed. You know, some people knew a lot, other people didn't, weren't interested, etc. And actions were also mixed. Some people were really good at putting things into action in terms of their own behavior, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in the next podcast, um, but uh, others were not. So strategy is really about having a plan. Yeah. And, and with that plan, is there a framework that you suggest in terms of starting out and well, constructing the strategy? Yes. So I think the, the uh, cultural mirror is... A great framework. 
mm. to use, which we covered under knowledge. So, for instance, let me, let's just pick a couple of examples, right? So, if we're going into a, a culture which is far more relationship-oriented, and I come from a task orientation, mm. part of my strategy then would be to think about, okay, what are some of the things I can do to help build relationships quickly? Yeah. You know, what are some of the questions I need to be asking? What do I need to be aware of? How do I demonstrate the fact that I want to build relationships? Yeah. Vice versa, if I was going to a task-oriented culture and I'm coming from a relationship-based culture, I need to be then thinking about, okay, how do I move quickly into action? Mm. How do I make sure I have a checklist of tasks that need to be done? How do I, in fact, ensure that I'm keeping on track with the task in the same, at the same time building relationships, right? So it's, that becomes then part of the strategy. So mm. you have, have a plan. Yeah. So that's just on one dimension. And you can use that with any of the other dimensions. You know, if you're in a high context, low context communication dimension, if I come from low context and I wanted to give feedback to somebody within a high context culture in my team, how do I then think about, hmm, what are perhaps, what are some different styles of how I may provide this feedback, hmm. right? How do I create a story or use an example or have an analogy to yeah. metaphor. a metaphor, mm -hmm. you know, to get the point across rather than being direct. Mm. And vice versa, if I come from a high context, I'm speaking to one of my team members who is low context, I'll have to alter my style, right? My style will be to be much more direct. Mm -hmm. If I'm usually used to being more verbose or using stories and metaphors and examples, I may just have to cut all that back and get straight to the point. That then becomes the strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's great advice. So you could build a strategy around all of those nine uh, aspects of uh, nine dimensions of the CQ knowledge. Correct. Mm. Based on awareness of your own culture mm. and cultural preferences, your own cultural preferences, and working on where, which of the groups am I going to be working with, which other cultures am I going to be orientating with, and what do I need to be aware of. See, that's why the checking is important, because mm. you may have the strategy and go in and may find that it's, it's totally... Not working. Yeah, it's not working. Mm. It's totally incorrect. So you may have to shift. You may need to modify. You know, so you need to be agile. You know, we mm. talk about being agile. Uh, you know, you may just have to move and be flexible. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, it all starting to make a lot more sense to me now because the strategy then is is where you start to, and we'll get into action next. But it's where things start to happen, and you're using the knowledge and the motivations and the understanding and also the mapping of your own culture, understanding your own, which you've been emphasizing strongly that that's, that's really important place to start with rather than just the knowledge of the other. Yep. Mm. Yep, indeed. Yep. Mm. So in terms of, I mean, there's a lot of bias involved in some of these things. And, and I guess if you look at the nine dimensions, there's, there's a bias. We have a bias to behave in a certain way or to, to tend to, let's say, direct or indirect communication as an example. So how do you overcome that bias as you're sort of building that strategy? What are some of the steps you might put into the strategy to address your natural bias? Checking with somebody else. So using a sounding board, mm. either using someone who's from that particular culture 
and saying to that person, look, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my plan. Does that, does that make sense? So actually using a cultural mentor, using a sounding board, checking your strategy. Because strategy built by yourself in solo is not, is not really useful. Always think it's good to have that strategy. Check, check, check that with, with someone else. Get some feedback. You know, and of course, that's again being checking your own sense of level of awareness around that. But fundamentally, Yagan, I think anyone, any leader, or any individual going into a cross cultural interaction, the mere fact that you sit down, pause, think, and create a strategy, minimal as it may be, is going to be a huge difference. Hmm. Because the majority of people probably don't do that. They do not do that. They just go into every situation and say, I am me. This is what I'm going to do. Let me deal with what's happening rather than having a plan, which you wouldn't do in any other normal situation, Mm. right? You would have a plan. So, but in cross-cultural situations, we kind of think, oh, I'm dealing with another human being. Not that actually I'm having a deal with another human being who may have a different mindset in a frame of reference. Yeah. Right, and different to mine. So how do I make sure we uh, come together on this? It's a little bit like how people say, if you don't make a decision, then that's a decision. So if you don't have a strategy, that's a strategy. That's a strategy. But it's a bad strategy. That's right. It's a bad strategy. Or it may be a strategy that will give you results sometimes, mm. but then other times it won't, and then you'll be thinking to yourself, well, why didn't that work, or what's wrong with them, mm. rather than thinking, what could I have done differently? Mm. So, Tom, what's an example of somebody that, that's implemented a really good strategy that turned out to be effective or that they designed to be effective? Sure. Good good uh, question. Yep. I can give you an example. A, a few years ago, we were working with an organization who was looking at introducing quite a number of changes into the organization. They're quite radical transformative changes within the organization, restructure, etc. And they had to do a roadshow around uh, countries where, you know, the English language wasn't as powerful. Hmm. And instead of doing town halls, which is getting everybody together, explaining it, doing a whole series of PowerPoints, etc. They actually thought to themselves, how can we do this differently? And what they came up with was they created a series of visuals. It was a storyboard. Mm-hmm. And it had 15 different flip charts. If you think of flip charts, yeah. you know, so it was like flip chart size, laminator, and it told a story mm-hmm. of where the organization had come from, where it was now, what the issues were, like, so what was the problem statement? in a visual, what they were going to be doing, mm-hmm. and what the future looked like. It was all visual, all pictorial, and it was hugely successful, mm-hmm. hugely successful. So for me, that's an example. They changed their strategy based on their knowledge, and instead of doing their, their normal pattern, mm-hmm. which was, would be a talk fest, they said, let's do it differently. Let's yeah. think of our... Uh, community, let's think of our teams, let's think of what's the best message and how do we deal with this uh, in the most effective way. So they, they changed they changed what they did. Hmm. That came, I think, from having a good strategy yeah. and then executing it well. And the results were really good for them. 
Mm. That's a great example. So my reflection point at the end of this podcast is really stop and have a strategy yeah. before you go into any interaction. Mm. Yeah, and the strategy would be based on the nine dimensions of CQ knowledge that we talked about in the last episode. So you can take the reflection point from the last episode and use that to build a strategy. Indeed. Mm. Great. Thanks, Tom. Welcome. See you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.